Grant. Grant. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 58 of Sport Old World Podcast. So, I just want to apologize. I haven't been on again in a couple of weeks. Just things were popping up and I couldn't get people on. So, hopefully, now this is me back for good uh, for a while anyway. So, today, episode 58, I'm absolutely delighted to have Irish men's rugby sevens player, Mark Rochon. Welcome on, Mark. Cheers, Mark. Thanks very much for having me. Delighted to be here. No bother. So, I suppose we'll start at the start. Was sport like a big thing in your household growing up? Sport was massive. Um, we had a right throughout the our whole family, all the siblings. So, I have a sister and two of the brothers and like everyone was so involved in sport now obviously the older uh, siblings they went their kind of different avenues which is fine but uh, and then me and my little brother quite heavily involved in sport my dad played for Leinster I think a couple of times and he was he- heavy heavy into it like serious interest and uh, we were all like it wasn't just one sport it was was everything there was tennis there was golf there was cricket there's football rugby so yeah like from literally being born we were just straight into into sports so like you know it's a it's one thing that we all can relate on um and talk about and you know get on so well with so um yeah sport was was huge early on and you said there like you played various sports like tennis and rugby and stuff like that when did you decide that rugby was the one, I suppose? Um, I probably decided, I'd say, like, second year, I broke my wrist. Um, so I was playing football for Docky United. I was playing tennis. And I was actually trying to not get something out of tennis, but, you know, I was actually quite a good little tennis player. I played in Glenageary, uh, a tennis club. And I was doing, like, one or two kind of, like, like East Leinster competitions and um, I was trying to push into that and then I kind of broke my wrist in second year playing rugby and then it just kind of just got like I was out for the whole year then and then we got into third year for the JCT in Blackrock and yeah I just kind of made the decision then just to stick with the rugby four or five times a week and you know it does take up a lot of time and then that's where it was just kind of like okay look I'm going to go the direction of the rugby actually probably better at rugby than any other sport so you know um, yeah and then you played under 20 you went to the World Cup in 2013 2013 yeah so I did the under 20s with Ireland after a couple of uh, underages with um, Leinster and Connacht and all that jazz. And uh, yeah, so got, I made the under-20s team and we went over to France. We actually had a really good team. We had a couple of international players like this Luke McGrath, Dan Levy, Tom Farrell, Tom Daly. We had a really good team, really strong team. And um, we were actually real tight-knit uh, squad. And, you know, we were, um, yeah, we had some fun over there, but, we were really competitive and we had a good uh, good start. We beat Australia in the groups and then Fiji. And then we had a cracking match against New Zealand where we just 
just I think we lost by a by a try. So we were um we were close to you know beating the favourites. And um actually Ardi Savea was there. He actually turned the ball over at the end to to finish up the game and uh, knock us out of the groove. So um but yeah, no, we had a great old time with the twenties. Uh, like it's a great, great experience to be involved in any sort of setup like that. So it was yeah, magic like. Yeah, just some of the names you're rocking up there, but including yourself, like Eddie Savea, Tom Daly, like all of you had have gone on to have like amazing careers. Oh yeah, yeah. Like especially as the boys that I mentioned, like you know, is a worldwide known player, just like you being your top fifteen, world fifteen. So and then there's obviously the boys like Tom Tom Farrell, Tom Daly and Steve Crosby, who's retired now, and just the Fatsol Saunas. So, you know, there's a, there was a, some serious players, and Luke McGrath, Dan Levy, who's retired now. But yeah, and it was, um, yeah, cracking players, and they've obviously went on and had successful careers. So, And when did you decide, like, okay, I'll give seven to go? Sevens, um, it was actually, like such a strange way of how I got in and there's a couple of people the same um the same as me at the very start there was only a few um guys who have been there from the very start but my my one was really random and just odd and just can't believe it act this the way I got into sevens so I was do I was manager of I was in Lansdowne rugby club and that's where I was playing my rugby at the time and I was taking, um, I was manager of the tag that happens every kind of spring and summer. So I got on well with all the referees and I would fill in for the odd game if people were missing players. So he came up to me after one of the se- uh, one of the sessions and he was like, hey, Mark, um, just to let you know the IRF are setting up a sevens team, they're bringing it back. And obviously watching you on the tag, I think you be well suited to it so um you know they have a link up on the rfu website i can send it on to you so um i was like yeah please just send it on to me he sent it on and uh he's like look best of luck and hopefully uh, something happens out of it and i and to be honest i had no clue about sevens like literally no clue and i looked like that's back in 2014 so yeah i had no idea what what was going to be happening with the sevens what was sevens and um yeah i just got a got selected for a trial um and i think there was about uh, i think there was about 60 60 players selected to um compete down the lands and we did trial games uh, there was fitness testing up in santry and yes it did the trials in lansdowne and ever since it's just been a one-way ticket all the way up to the through the, the european divisions and World Cups and World Series and Olympics. So, yeah, that was like literally from the start of being told by a referee, look, go uh, sign up at the sevens to now playing on world stage. So, yeah, it's a mad old uh, experience. That's a mad story now, to be honest. Yeah. So, um... But, like, it's been some journey from... Bosnia in 2015 you won the C division if I'm right yeah 
Yeah, yeah, we won uh, Division C, we won uh, Bosnia, then we went on to Croatia in Division B, and then we did Division A. So there was two two lots. I actually didn't um, get selected for those two. Um, it was Malmo and Prague, but like you know, we kind of flew through these competitions, and you know, we we're beating teams, and no disrespect to them, we were just um, just. You know, we're coming from a rugby background, 15s players. And at the time, we were getting all the academy boys. And they were from Leinster, Munster, Connacht, Ulster, all those guys. And there was a few There was a few guys that weren't in academies. They were just playing. They were kind of maybe in the setup and then got let go. So, um, you know, we had a really strong team to go and represent Ireland in those kind of smaller competitions and there's you know these te- these teams that we're playing against in division C and B like Malta there's uh you know Holland Sweden like these teams just haven't you know they obviously haven't got the budget they haven't got the personnel and the recruitment and all that stuff and you know they don't with sevens it's you know some countries only meet up two weeks before competition get together do two or three days and then you know you're into it so you know there's not a lot of prep time for them there's not a lot of conditioning time gyms and all that and just to get um get fully ready for a competition so you know i think we, we were always going to um kind of have the better of these sides you know not being disrespectful but it's just uh you know that was just the way it was we were we were coming in ready to go and a lot of boys have had experience with with their their interprovincial sides. Uh, I was looking at this thing uh, just before this actually, um, it was about the Bosnia in twenty fifteen. Um, apparently he scored sixty tries over that weekend. Yeah, 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 we did, and I think we let one try in in the final against Bosnia, who um were the home side and. Yeah, it's just like we were just kicking it off, catching it, and then running in a score. And um, yeah, we just looked, we just had the kind of the rugby brains to kind of work it out, even though we weren't like seven, like seven individuals, you know, we were far from it. And if you were to put us back in 2015 to go up against teams like Fiji and South Africa, like we wouldn't have survived. We would have, we would have got hockey by. 30, 40, 50 points. Um, so I think I think what happened for Irish rugby was the best thing in terms of going from 2015, working through up through through Europe. And we've been through a couple of um say generations where we've had maybe three three different groups, players coming through the system. So we started off in 2015, worked our way through Europe, and then after that kind of first um kind of Olympic qualifier where uh, we got knocked out against Spain and Monaco in 2016 and the repertage then a new crop of players came in and then after the Tokyo Olympics uh, new where the current seven players have uh, come in and yeah so we've been through kind of three lots and I think that's been the best thing for the program learning your way from 2015 all the way up and working hard and we've had a couple of players that are still there so Harry McNulty myself Terry Kennedy and Jordan Conroy so you know um, yeah there's that 
bit of experience. And there's guys then in from the second kind of lot that have uh, carried on through as well. So, you know, I think um, it's been a long road. It's been hard, but um, I think it's kind of been worth it at the end of the day. Yeah, I think, like, Irish rugby players, both male and female, have a advantage, like, because we have football and hurling over here, like, I think a lot of the skills from particularly football, like, not transfer, but, like, you know what I mean? I think we have a big advantage. Absolutely. I think um, I think there's a lot, especially in the, the women's uh, game, there's a lot of players that can transfer over from the, um, the football and the hurling. And it's evident you can see, you know, Lucy Mahal, like she's a great, She's a great football player and obviously a great uh, over that they, they have the talent and then you just need that experience and just getting into it and getting used to it. But they like they have the ball skills and I think it kind of it relates in some way to what New Zealand and Australia do. They play touch, they play tag at a young age. We have the uh, players playing at a young age, football and hurling and all sorts of sports, but especially football and hurling where you get that kind of hand-eye coordination, you get that footwork, you get those ball skills. So, you know, in a way it kind of relates. Um, I'd probably say the Australia and New Zealand probably have a better system in terms of playing, touching, keeping it rugby related. But, you know, same, same. And um, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's great. And if we can have that transition where there's, more trying to make it over. Look, we obviously don't want to be taking all the players, but you know, if there is that balance where we can keep it coming and letting it flow, it would be a, it'd be great for the for the program. And what's it been like for you? Like you've been there since twenty fifteen. You've been there all the way from the bottom to the top, I suppose, where you are now. Uh, what's it been like? Um. Yeah, it's been it's been a one hell of a journey like it's it's been amazing at times it's been tough at times it's been you know I've had I've probably had my worst worst weeks with the sevens in terms of just being dropped constantly and uh, not being good enough breaking my leg and going through kind of a couple of injuries maybe kind of close to tournaments where you get those little scares and those little niggles and you're are you going to make it or not and um, just kind of going through the unknown because you don't like with with the sevens it was you know you, you got to win to get to the next level you got to win to get to the next level and it's just like a video game you know if you don't complete the level you don't move on so that's exactly what we were doing the whole way until until we got to the Olymp when we got to the Olympics that was you know you could say that was kind of like the end goal after the, after the World Cup when we came third as well, you know, we can't not tick off everything because there's certain things that we need to tick off in terms of winning tournaments on the World Series. But, um, you know, we, we've done so well where we have got to the top and it's just trying to maintain, obviously, the World Series status and trying to push more boundaries. So where we finished 10th in the Olympics, we're trying to push for a gold medal of getting on the podium um, first off and then pushing for the gold medal and um, maybe doing one better in a World Cup next time 
reaching more finals. But yeah, like I think it's been a been a mad old journey. And I think from my own experience, it was just as I said, there was those injuries and those setbacks have just been told you're not getting selected selected this week. Again, sorry, Rochi, you're not getting selected again this week. But there there were there were some tough times there, some good times and the best thing uh, the best thing that came out of it is um just toughens you up mentally. So um and the thing I noticed with sevens is there's no time to kind of stress out, there's no time to moan about it, there's no time to get to get angry or frustrated because it just goes in a flash, especially in the games. But you know, um yeah, when I was injured, it's just you're on to the next job. And look at all the professionals know, know how to do it and get on and deal with it mentally. Some don't. But um that that's one thing I got to uh, kind of taught myself a lesson with in terms of the seven, you're not good enough, you're not not getting selected this week. So that was you know, one to kind of push on, just make sure that never, never ever happened again. And tell me a bit about the sevens, like, life. What is, what's it like? Just being able to go all over the world it must be pretty amazing. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's, um, you know, you look at the 15s, they only go to, they go to Cardiff on a call Friday night and, you know, playing 80 minutes and all that and yeah look it's it's great you're playing for Lens, you're playing for Munster and all that stuff and obviously you get your your Ireland uh, Six Nations and all that but we get to go to all these exotic countries and Cape Town and Dubai and LA and you know you make it over to um, kind of some cold weather in Vancouver if that's the only the only one that gets um, the kind of cold weather you get you might be lucky you get a bit of snow but um, yeah like I I you could travel around the world, not for free, but yeah, for free. Like you get to go around, you play doing what you love, which is the best thing. And I think it doesn't matter what contract you have. I think doing what you love is is the main thing. And I think uh, I think that's the best thing about them. We're doing we're doing what we love. We're with our we're with our best mates every day, Monday to Friday, coming in. And then if you're lucky enough to get selected on for the tournaments, you um you get to be with them a bit longer. Obviously some people might get a little bit fed up after after a competition, like, okay, I need a couple of days away. But um no, it's it's cool and you just see so you see so much. Um even though there's competition on, even though you're focusing on the tournament that's um that's in sight, but you know, you, you do get to see so much um and experience so much and the culture of the different countries that you go to and it's just uh it's really cool. It's a really cool experience. It's a, another way to develop if you're if you're a young player um and to push look, I know the fifteens is probably the area that people want to go into and play, but you know, to develop certain skills and just to have that closeness with that squad and just get a bit personal. And I think it's, um, you know, I think it's a, well, I think it's a great, great experience. And I think it's uh, something that a lot of, um, a lot of the youth out there that need to maybe look at that as a, as an option to, to help themselves out. But um, I think, yeah, 
sevens for me has been been awesome. Been awesome. And do you get much time, say, you go to Cape Town or somewhere like that, somewhere exotic enough, like, do you get much time to explore or have a look around or, like, strictly business? Um, like, you know, you, you know, you know, you have a job to do, you, you arrive, you have your, your iPads to do your reviews and everything like that on the plane. We get our days off. I think we got about two days off during the week and then we have our uh, training days. But it's like, you know, you do your work when you're on and then when you're off, you can switch off. Um, you can, you're sensible about what you're doing over there as well. You don't want to be doing too much walking around and everything. Obviously, you want to save the legs. You want to make sure you're sharp for training. But yeah, you do. We like, for example, we went to Cape Town. Um, we went down to the Camps Bay Beach because we were just uh, on the waterfront. We got to walk around the waterfront as well. Nice shops there as well. <laughs> and obviously we're big uh, coffee heads in the squad so you know going around to nice coffee shops and then one of the years we did um, we went up Table Mountain after the we actually did training camp in Selenbosch and we went down to Cape Town and we went up uh, Table Mountain so like there's things like that where we've gone to Vancouver we went up uh, Grouse Mountain and saw the kind of ski resort and everything like that and it's just uh, yeah like it's cool you just get to you get to do everything that you want you obviously want to be sensible about it but um, like Dubai, you get to go to the we went up to Burj, going to the mall. Um, kind of yeah, there's like there's there is so much stuff you can do. Um, and but again, at the same time, there's it's it is it is business at the end of the day. Um, you're focusing on the tournaments, and um, yeah, but again. With the sevens, the best thing about the sevens is you get to do all these things. You get to do all these nice things where you get to explore, go on a trip together as a team, um, and go see like some incredible buildings, architecture, and everything like that. So, and if you're on the beaches, you get to go out on the beach, go for your swims. So, um, I think that's a great way to um explore the world. And um, you know, if I didn't have sevens, I probably wouldn't have done that. Uh, Half, half, half the travel that I've done. So you, you owe a lot to that referee. So yeah, yeah, Jonathan Gagan. He was um one of the tag referees. Yeah, I absolutely do. Um, so yeah, I think thank God he uh, put me in the right direction. What is your favorite place you've been from the World Series? Favorite place would be Cape Town. Or Vancouver, Vancouver. Uh, I find it's a little, little bit like Dublin. Um, really cool, nice. Um, load of shops. Load. Uh, it's real outdoorsy as well. There's a load of kind of forests, um, kind of parks that you can kind of go cycle around. There's these waterfalls that you can go and like, pop down and go for a swim. And it's just um, it's a really cool, chilled out, uh, place and. I absolutely love it. Cape Town. I've been there a few times with the World Cup and then on the series. And then I was on a family trip there as well. And, you know, you have obviously the safaris, you have um, the beaches, the vineyards. So like there's like, you know, you can't, you can't beat that. And, you know, when we were there for the World Cup, they put on a show that, you know, I've never seen anything like. So, so yeah, they 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 be the two uh 
the two favourites. I don't know. It was a very different Olympics, uh, to say the least. But what was it like to get to the Olympics and take one off the bucket list? Yeah, um, starting off with getting to the Olympics, um, obviously that was during COVID. It was a it was a mad year. We started. Um, we were training for a reportage in. 2020 and that was when the olympics was meant to be and then obviously it got pushed that so we got we were still running while it was when they were trying to decide when the repertoire would be and other tournaments and we kept getting told there was going to be these tournaments uh put in like september and october and november and just kept going on and on and on and on, and on. so we were training constantly from the moment COVID hit, I think we got like a month break and then we were straight back into training. And um, yeah, so we just trained the whole way through the year. And it that that was tough because we just, you were trying to, um, you, you were you were putting so much into it, so much focus into this one tournament to get into the Olympics. And um, I like, I'm not going to lie, there was a bit of, there was a few scuffles between um uh, kind of management and uh, players. I think people were just kind of getting fed up with what was going on. It was just waiting. It was long. It was just, literally, it was like someone was hanging a thread in front of you and you, you had to get it and you just, you know, you, you weren't getting there and you weren't getting there and it was just constant. And you didn't, then when we got to Monaco to do the qualifier, um, I wasn't originally picked in the, the 12, so I was a reserve player. I went over. Um, as the 13th kind of 14th man me and Brian Mullen and we had a part to play Anthony sat us down and he was like look you two are the ones that I want over there to be energizers to make sure that the lads have everything that they need so um, that was a different um, that was a little setback in a way but it was also great to be there and go over and help as much as you can because you know there's nothing there's nothing you can do at home, there's nothing you can do off the pitch. But to be that close to the guys, be in that same hotel, um, and just look, do you need a Luke say, do you need a protein shake, do you need this, do you need that, keep the energy high. during COVID it wasn't it wasn't fun. And um that was a tournament that would you know, we had France to go up against realistically. That was the we we're gonna meet them in the final and it was winner takes all and you know, it was to settle nerves. It was to make sure everyone was at their best and ready to go. So that was me and Mullen's job to do that. So the lads won. That was one of the best feelings I've ever had. And I wasn't even playing. Uh, you know, felt like we won the Olympics. Um, so it was pretty cool. And we all went back to the hotel. We did it. We did a great um, celebration where we just sat on the on our own floor, just outside in the lobby. And we just had a few drinks and just, just being together as a squad, management, players, that was it. It was just magical. And then obviously knowing that we were going to the Olympics just made it that little bit better. And so everyone had a great time. And then, yeah, we got to the Olympics and that was, that was mad. There was a lot going on with obviously COVID and 
you know, keep the masks and make sure you're not getting negative because if you have a negative test, you're done, you're gone. And we we arrived in um in Tokyo and everyone was fine. And then we had these spit tests that you had to do every every day, every morning to obviously make sure that you're you're negative. And it was weird. It was a weird experience in in the village because you couldn't really talk to many um many countries. You know, they had these pins that you could um trade with other kind of um athletes, but you know, that was about it. You know, you had the quick word and then, then you were done. You had to stay um and when we entered the dining hall, you had um a team Ireland table, you team Netherlands and everything. And so everyone just sat in their own their own country and we kind we kind of sat together as just a sevens group. We wouldn't have tried to even sit with the other team on We just wanted to stay in our own bubble. So that kind of put a little bit of a dent on the experience in uh, in Tokyo. Um, but look, if we were in the Olympics, we got to still do other things. They had a, a shop set up and everything like that. There was loads to do kind of around the village. You had to wear your mask around the village as well outside. So uh, another little dampener, but look, we made the best of it. We had great fun, and look, not every day you get to call yourself an Olympian and be in the Olympics and and compete. And um, yeah, like it was, it was amazing to the journey that we came through to qualify for the Olympics, to be in the Olympics, and then um, to play and do what did what we did. Like it was, uh, it was great. It was, and I'd never take it away and it'll always be there so look it was yeah it was unbelievable but I think Paris is going to be we know what we're, we're expecting so yeah I think we're Paris is going to be a lot better yeah Paris will be so much better because well let's just say it, there'll be no COVID um, yeah and uh, you'll be able to talk to everyone and stuff like that it's just going to be a way better experience at that. No, it will. It will. And uh, everyone's excited. And when we went into the last Olympics, we had just beaten France. And that was, I think we just hit it. We hit a peak where it was so hard to drop down and then a quick turnaround to go back up again and get to that peak. Um, and when we look back, through, when you look back through the matches that we played, there was these silly mistakes that we just made and we, we just cost ourselves, and um, we just didn't play like play play like Ireland. So, you know, um, I think we're we're aware of what we can do now. As obviously completing a World Series finally, um, because obviously when COVID hit, we only did half a season, and then in twenty one there was only a, there was kind of a rejig competition. But yeah, we did one full one last year. We, we know where where we're at. We know where we stand. We know where we stand with the big, kind of bigger opposition, and um, yeah, look, I think we're I think we're ready to hit it hard and uh, really go for it. And what was the World Cup like? Getting that bronze must have been absolutely amazing. Yeah, that was a. Uh, that was cool, and obviously in, in Cape Town, South Africa, where that's my kind of favorite location, one of them. And uh, yeah, that was just uh, that was an awesome, awesome time, awesome tournament. 
the the show the South Africans put on it's just you arrive into the hotel there's dancing there's singing for every team that arrives the hotel was packed and um like there was even just like baristas set up there for you to have coffee whenever you want um and the whole country was just ready to go for rugby sevens and yeah we just said we we rocked up and i think once we got that match over and done with against portugal that was nerves gone and we were ready to to kind of blow it out the water and you know we did that we beat beat England and then we went up against South Africa 10 o'clock after I think we played England in the afternoon on the Friday I think it was and then Saturday evening at 10 p.m we played South Africa so we had a massive massive long period where we didn't play anything we weren't doing anything we did a little head out in the morning on Saturday and yeah we just sat in the change room before South Africa and yeah, I just, I remember I just uh, told the lads, I was like, we're we're not losing to South Africa. We're, we're going to put all the pressure on them. There's nothing on us. They're going to feel the crowd, the home crowd, putting the pressure on them. And we're just going to go out and beat them. We're just not going to lose them. There's no way we can, we can lose today. And yeah, we went out and shocked them. And um, we just had their number the whole time. And yeah. Um, and yeah, and then we pretty we lost to New Zealand, but the best thing to come out of that, we bounced back and we beat Australia to get bronze. And that was that's been actually a real struggle for us at the moment to bounce back after losing losing a game. Um it's been what kind of our bit of a kryptonite for us. So um so yeah, it's uh that was that was amazing. And then we just again we sat in the change room as a squad, management, everything. I think we were about I think we were about an hour and a half singing songs. Um individuals singing songs, getting up and singing and just dancing and having a few beers and it was just it was epic. It was epic and cloning family uh, family and friends and just yeah, like it was just out of this world and it'd be up there with um a lot of people probably say it's up there with when we qualified onto the World Series or when we won or got the bronze medal in London back in 2018 um, but I think what we did up against major major opposition I think that was uh, definitely close to the best moment for me anyway um, in a sevens jersey yeah I remember watching that South African game actually and I, I was just I was so happy for you, but I was also shocked that you won. Like, um, yeah, you just silenced them. Well, that was it, and I, I think that's probably what uh kind of made the tournament as well. You, sh- everyone loves it uh, when you shock the hosts. Um, so yeah, like that was just that was it, and like to go back to it and having a little crack at it, crack at it all over again would be would be amazing, but um. Yeah, yeah, it was it was good. It was a it was a really good one. Yeah. Anyway, Mike, it was an absolute pleasure to talk to you. I could sit here for another hour and talk to you, but <laughs> I have to let you go at some stage. Um, but 
I just want to say thank you very much and wish you all the best luck for the upcoming season and the Olympics and all that. And I'll leave the last word to you if you want. Yeah, no, thanks very much, Mark. And um, yeah, it's brilliant to be on and uh, just to share kind of my story and my side of uh, how I went about sevens. And yeah, hopefully it uh, kind of, um, I don't know, inspires a younger generation to uh, hopefully push into um, the sevens uh, program and make a, make a career out of that. And maybe it'll help you push into the 15 side as well. So that's the way, way people want to go. But but yeah, no, thanks very much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Yeah, a massive thank you to Mark for coming on today. I really enjoyed the chat. I hope we did too. And I just want to wish him all the best for the rest of his career and the upcoming season.